Welcome to Beware Spoilers. I am Adam. Um, so I'm going to say this is going to be possibly, probably part one of a two-part episode uh, about uh, the uh, newest entry into the Jurassic Park franchise, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, dislike for this movie. It's not sitting too pretty on Rotten Tomatoes. Um... It, it doesn't quite... Eh. Alright, let me let me put it this way. I've seen bad Jurassic Park movies. I've seen two of them. I've seen The Lost World, and I've seen Jurassic Park 3. I've also seen really good Jurassic Park movies. I've seen Jurassic Park, and I've seen Jurassic World. This is in a weird uh, center point for the franchise, because it's not very good, but it's also not terrible. Um... A lot of the problems that I have with this movie um, aren't so much with this movie itself. It's the, first of all, the uh, the side characters, they buck the trend of having annoying kids and they have annoying adults, which I didn't think could be more annoying than annoying children. But uh, guess what? The adults are infinitely more annoying than any kid previously introduced in any Jurassic Park movie. Um, I don't know why they felt the need to have these two. They don't do anything substantial in the movie. You can probably omit them entirely and not miss too much happening. Because the uh, the guy just shrieks and the girl does nothing uh, that you couldn't feasibly have Owen explain and, and do um, in, the sa- in the same way. So largely these two characters are extraneous. And if you're going to have characters who are going to, you know, be there and give them a, give them a purpose that wouldn't be within character for other characters in the movie to, to be able to do. Um, if you're going into this, banking on seeing another uh, great performance like Jeff Goldblum, you'll be, uh, I wouldn't say pleased, because he's only in the movie for about five minutes, if that, he just talks to Congress at the beginning and the end, kind of bookends the movie. Um... What else is there that's uh, worth noting? Um, yeah. A, a lot of things happen here. And a lot of it feels kind of like a weird transitions for things that, you know, happen. And I, I think that the Jurassic Park movies as a whole would benefit from an R rating. Because in order to prevent the R, they're, they're sticking with the PG-13, in order to prevent the R... They use really weird and jumpy editing during dinosaur attacks. And if they did like Logan and just embraced the R rating, then I feel like they'd have more leeway to uh, to show to have better better shot action sequences involving the dinosaurs. Um, so that that'd be better. Um, I really wish. That this movie didn't feel exactly like The Lost World, where the first Jurassic World felt like uh, Jurassic Park. This one feels exactly like The Lost World. Um, I, I just wish it didn't have that, because it's like, it's, it's better than The Lost World. It's substantially better than The Lost World. Um, but still, I, I, it's my opinion that this franchise does its best when it's people going to an island and having to deal with dinosaurs on the island. The minute you bring the dinosaurs to the real world, it's kind of... The, the um, 
the immersion is broken for me. And I don't know if that's for everyone or if that's just me who feels that way. But I feel that when you when you bring the dinosaurs to the real world and you have them released and interacting with people who aren't um, specifically going to interact with dinosaurs, like in the other movies when you go to the island, you're going there to interact with dinosaurs. That's what you're there to do. In in this, once the dinosaurs are released into the world, it feels off because it feels like it's a decision to go toward a uh, a different route in the sequel more than it is to make narrative sense of what will be a logical progression of this world. Because if we are to take this as a continuation of Jurassic Park, it, like even if you omit completely. Um, the Lost World in 3, and just say the only movies that matter are Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and then this one. Those are the only three movies. Because there's really not too much binding the Lost World to this movie. There's also not too much binding Jurassic Park 3 to this movie. So you can, you can, you can say there is a case to be made that those movies are quote unquote not canon to this movie. So if you omit those completely. And go just with Jurassic Park. And then Jurassic World. And now this one. It feels like it's a continuation. Of the same philosophical argument. That starts in Jurassic Park. Then gets thrown out the window. In favor of. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. In favor of uh, large scale action. To build a franchise in Jurassic World. And then gets picked up immediately um, in this one. But it kind of feels jarring because it's not quite... It's not continued on with any sense of... Uh, with any sense of urgency toward the story. And then the minute action gets involved, this the, the philosophical aspect of it is um, thrown completely out the window because it's not important. It's... People aren't paying to see the philosophical movie. If they wanted to see something like that, they would go and get a cheap, um, a, a cheap sci-fi, a cheap hard sci-fi movie. Not what largely amounts to science fantasy in this movie, where it's it's just a uh, what's it called? It's just a uh, it, this is a a uh, a survival horror movie. That's you know what all of them are, um, which I have a feeling that someone's gonna say I mischaracterize it. Um, by saying it's that, but that's what the movie is. Um, now, what they they should have done here, if it were me, and I, I, I don't like doing this because basically what I'm saying is I know better than the people who are writing the movie. I know better. That's not the case. I'm just saying, in my opinion, a better use of this movie would have been to omit the plot line of the volcano erupting altogether. Because if you ask me, the volcano erupting three years after Jurassic World kind of it, it kind of lessens Jurassic World a little bit because the island would have had to have been evacuated anyway in three years' time. So you didn't have to have the park get destroyed there. Or if you wanted the park to get destroyed there, omit the volcano altogether. Because the volcano erupting adds nothing to the story except for an excuse to blow an extra hundred million in the effects budget. Which you don't need to do in a movie like this, where you already have dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are enough for the effects budget. You don't need to have an exploding volcano at the same time. Because when you do that, 
the scenes end up looking weird because you have to obscure things and you get a few cool shots, yeah. But if you look too closely at some of the action, you're gonna see that you're gonna see that the CGI isn't quite as good. Um, so omit that altogether. Just send them to the island, have them get betrayed by Ingen, who isn't actually called Ingen in this movie. Um, maybe I'm just assuming they are. Um, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't be. Um, but why not just? And that's the other problem where it's like it's too similar to the Lost World, where. They go there with Ingen, and Ingen betrays them to get the the dinosaurs off the island. There's also a stark similarity, which is not an intended pun, but I'll I'll accept the credit for it between this and Iron Man three, where there are narrative similarities between the uh, w- the the arc of the villain in this, where he's he he shows himself to be a um a, a good person, and then he. He's trying. He's like, oh, I'm gonna. He wants to use everyone around him as a means to an end, which is fine. That's something that's been done forever. It's just the the way he acts is looks a lot like Killian, and the way he's characterized is a lot like Killian, and that's not that's not something I'm gonna take points off for in either direction. But if you omitted the the volcano, added nothing to the movie. The two adults added nothing to the movie that weren't uh, Owen and Claire. Um, honestly, you could have brought back the, uh, the two kids from the previous movie, and it would have been fine, and you wouldn't even need to... You could have had this movie take place immediately after Jurassic World with those two kids, and you wouldn't have had to worry about having to cast new people or do anything like that. Um, I also think that the sequences that happen in the mansion are obscured in darkness too much and for the same reason that when you look at Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, the fight scenes and those are obscured in darkness. And that's because if you don't, the CGI's quality will be easier to be seen. So the scenes with them fighting the Indoraptor, which... I didn't know was a crossbreed of the Indominus Rex and the and a raptor until I saw the movie. Like I saw the name and I was like, "What the fuck are they naming it that for?" But I never really put two and two together as to why for that until they say it in the movie. And it's like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." I thought it was another dumbass name like Indominus Rex. So, um, they uh, it, you could have also omitted the Indoraptor entirely. There, there was no need to have that be in this movie because now you got to find a bigger and a better villain uh, or monster for the next movie because they managed to raise the stakes with the Indoraptor, but you didn't need to do that here. You could have raised the stakes with a villain who was just concerned on building weapons, and you could have shown a prototype of the Indoraptor. You don't need to actually have it there, and you can show that they, um, you can just release the dinosaurs. And uh, have that happen, and have the the um, the T Rex. Well, I mean, the T Rex is. All, I think the T Rex is just a bro at this point because anytime anyone has an issue, the T Rex shows up to help everyone. So I guess he's okay. He he uh, he shows up to help when that weird devil horn dinosaur thing is attacking Owen and uh, the other two on the island while it's exploding, and it shows up again at the end and helps them. 
And really, you don't really need to have this T-Rex show up and solve all the problems, because it's just going to get to become the uh, the Eagles from uh, Lord of the Rings, where you're going to have them help, and then you're going to have everyone asking, well, where's the T-Rex? Why isn't the T-Rex do something? Um, so, uh, and I, I feel like a lot of things were a little heavy-handed in this movie, like the uh, the T-Rex breaking into the zoo and confronting the lion who's the king of the jungle versus the king of the uh, the dinosaurs. I felt like that was a little bit of a heavy-handed thing. Um, the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the girl in the movie is what I imagine every single, like, BuzzFeed blogger sees themselves in their head as, which is why she's characterized in that way in that movie, in an attempt to try and get the ratings for the movie to go higher, which evidently did not work. And her personality just got grating after a while, to the point where, when he, when she's called a nasty woman, it's just like, I mean... I get it. I understand what this is. It doesn't need to be here. It adds nothing to the movie and just kind of makes it. It kind of dates the movie a little bit when you do things like that. It's like the "What are those?" in Black Panther, where it kind of just dates it and it sets it into a certain point. And it's something where five years from now you're not going to get the joke, and it's just going to be a weird thing that happens there. Um. So. uh so yeah, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, I don't see, I don't see why you shouldn't see it. Um, it's if you have a subscription service that hasn't gone out of business yet. Um, but I, I do think um, if you can't see it, you're not missing too much. Of course, um, the guest who I am anticipating having on uh, will not feel the same way. Um, he will wholeheartedly endorse that you go and see this movie right now, um, if you haven't seen it already, um, but I didn't see it today, it's been a month, I I believe, since this movie came out, I don't feel like I missed too much by, I don't feel like I missed too much by waiting until now to see this movie. I don't feel like there was any any rush or anything in this movie that warranted a rush to go see it in theaters the minute it came out. Like, there was nothing big to spoil besides the fact that the little girl in the movie, the clone, which, which only serves to add to the philosophical debate in the last few minutes of the movie. And it kind of resolves the entire... It, it serves not even as a, as a sound resolution to the philosoph- to the philosophical debate, but it serves as a uh, like a okay, we're done, I win resolution to it, where it's like it, it in a debate over this, this is a, a a hypothetical situation that we can't replicate in real life. The creation of extinct animals and bringing them back to life, and then putting them in a situation on our own where the animal is now going to be put back to being extinct. Do we have to save that animal? That's the that's the the philosophical question at the center of this movie. And the, it is resolved because it turns out the girl, the little girl with a clone of the daughter of Hammond's partner, if I'm remembering correctly, and she um and she's like, "Well, I was made this way too, so we should save them." And all it is is it's not it's 
obviously the animal should have been saved because there was no part of this that wasn't the human's fault. Um, especially when there is a, we, you, there's numerous places you can move these animals to where it wouldn't be an issue. Um, so it's, uh, it, it just, when you do something like that, I believe it, it doesn't, it doesn't solidify your argument as based in what the argument was to begin with. It's just like, okay, we're done now. The argument's over. We're doing this. And I get you have to resolve the movie, but there are better ways to do it. Um, that would, that would be, that would go off a lot better. Also, Wu suddenly is a mustache twirling villain. And I don't really like that too much because it goes against how he's been characterized in his previous appearances, where it's like he's a scientist working for Hammond. Um, and then he goes and then he's working for Jurassic World because he was one of the lead uh, engineers on the dinosaur project for Hammond. And it makes sense to go on from there. Um, now all of us, and then, and then he shows like we have to, and then he starts showing we got to continue to research, which the way I interpreted that in Jurassic World is that he's there to continue the research of Hammond to continue exploring what you can use the dinosaurs for. But now in this movie, he's characterized as someone who's continuing the research purely into weaponized dinosaurs, which makes him into an over, uh, an overarching villain, which I kind of, I don't know, I don't like how they changed the character this much, that said, I do like that this trilogy has a villain, where he's kind of in the background, kind of pushing events along in the first one, the second one, he's really the one there, and now the third one, you have to resolve it by taking care of Wu, because as long as Wu's around, this is going to be an issue, um, I think this is the longest I've gone on by myself about a movie. Um, but we will, I will have a, a guest on who is a, a little bit more in tuned about Jurassic Park and all that stuff, who will be able to better explain some of my, my gripes with this movie. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll handle that in the near future and we'll do that in part two, but this is part one. Um, so regardless of that, that's not going to take up a slot of an episode. We still have, uh, this is Wednesday's episode. So Friday we have Christopher Robin, which is going to be a new release. Then we have The Darkest Minds, which is going to be a Monday release. And then Wednesday, uh, who knows? Uh, I'll take a look at the calendar, see what we can figure out. Uh, probably do another older movie, and we'll see uh, We'll see how that goes. Um, I may bank a few episodes, too, if I see a Fathom event. Um, you can let me know if you think that's a good idea or not. Um, I think you can comment on Spreaker. Uh, if not, you can always email in 30minutereviews.com. Uh, wow. Holy crap. That's the website. Uh, it's been a long day. Um, 30minutereviews at gmail.com. If you go through that, you can email. You can uh, let me know what your thoughts are on using Fathom Events to uh, to push along, uh, to do banked episodes for any event that I can't do one for whatever reason. Um, also, I want to... Uh, uh, go ahead and plug the, uh, uh, the, the site again, uh, 30minutereviews.com. We have ad supporters on there. And if we get this podcast big enough, we can get ad supporters on the podcast. I have to keep redirecting people elsewhere. Um, and we're going to go back to a more concrete release schedule, which I'll go more in depth on, on 
the next episode of uh, this podcast, which will be on Friday when we do uh, Christopher Robin. And I probably cry in the theater. Uh, But we'll be back with that on Friday. Good night.